<laughs> yes, we got it right that time. Yeah. I'm Bay. And I'm Jay. And this is episode 65. Yes. And this podcast is called This is the this Part, is the I, part I Don't Get. Yes. <laughs> Look at us in unison today. I know. <laughs> I um don't remember whose turn it is to go first, but I think it might be mine. I feel like it might be mine. Okay, I don't care. You're welcome to go first. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think it's mine. But I don't really care. Oh, oh, oh! So you think it's yours? You're just gonna slip that in. <laughs> I have a silly part that I don't get. So why don't you start us off? Is yours funny or sad or? It's not sad. I, I, I okay. purposely wanted to do something light. It's kind of gross. Well, some people. Oh, nice. Right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do something light today too. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like we need a little more humor in our lives. Yes. So yes. I went for something a little on the silly side. So why don't you start yeah. us off? What part uh, did you not get? So um, what I didn't get this week is something called... Um, can you hear me okay yeah okay for a second it sounded like it was cutting out um placentophagy um gonna have to spell that one out for me (laughs) the act of eating your own placenta oh we kind of sort of talked about that last weekend yes and that's what made me because um (laughs) from uh what's it called um real housewives on potomac okay actually um did it and like yeah you can make a difference for her so I was like does that really work um, right. but yeah there's an actual name for it um so it one more time what is it oh goodness uh oh, sorry <laughs> I, no 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 it's okay I literally like watched a video on how to say it placentophagy so it's like okay placenta is in the word it's like placentophagy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um so my sources were uh, an article in the Mayo Clinic, uh, an article, uh, actually some real research from um, NCBI, part of NIH, um, okay. uh, um, an article on what to expect, and okay. of course the good old Wikipedia. Oh, and an article in the NY Times. It's weird. I'd really, I, it wasn't even that long, so I don't know why how I have so many sources this time. But <laughs> um, good though. So it's for anyone, thorough. yeah, I, I, you know, it, there was a lot on, on the topic. So that was good. Um, so the placenta, for those of you who don't know, is the organ that develops. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, listen, sometimes. listen in kids <laughs> for those, you know, men that might <laughs> didn't my kids adult, adult males. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the is an organ that develops in the uterus during pregnancy. Oh, it's actually considered an organ. Yes, it is. Okay. Isn't that like, it's weird. Like, don't they say that your skin is an organ too? It's, it's interesting what you, what is. Yeah. I think of like your heart or your liver. I mean, that's what I think of. It kind of looks like an organ, but like, like a, uh, like, like a balloon that's been deflated organ, (laughs) deflated (laughs) organ. Yeah. Um, so it develops in your uterus while you're 
pregnant to support the fetus. Um, it's um, loaded with iron, vitamins, B6, B12, estrogen, uh, progesterone. I'm not sure if I said that right. Um, no, that sounds right to me. Yeah. So um, it's actually um, eaten. Uh, many mammals actually eat the placenta. Yeah. I can totally see that happen. Birth, giving birth. Yeah. Um, like many, uh, like horses, I think goats, rats, and <laughs> yeah, they, they did a lot of, a lot of rat studies. Um, so some of the, oh, um, in terms of the way you can ingest the placenta, um, the most common way is by putting it in a pill called placenta encapsulation. Basically they dry it out, they powder it and they seal it into vitamin-sized capsules. Um, however, be warned, there's no efficacy or safety standards for sterilizing placentas. Gross. So it's usually like a... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a freaking free-for-all up there. Yeah, right? You don't know what you're going to get. Um, so some cook it or put it in a smoothie. Like some people legit legitimately just like cook it. It's straight. It. Yeah, That's or like nice. put it in like a chili a or a like parsley. spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sprinkle hey, more power oregano on there. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> this tastes a little garlicky. <laughs> a little fishy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so some of the hypothesized benefits are um satiation of hunger. Um, it's there's this belief that mothers um usually more this is more for animals, but mothers who are about to give birth, uh don't eat beforehand, but that's actually been disproved in studies of rats. Um, and then another uh, hypothesized benefit is cleanliness and protection against predators. So um, there's, there's, I guess, a belief that, you know, birds and other species would eat the placenta to clean up the nest and keep it from attracting predators. Um, but this was kind of, kind of disproven because uh, researchers were saying that um, consuming the placenta actually takes more time than just to leave the nest or just to remove the placenta altogether. So like okay. obviously it wouldn't make sense. Um, and then the last one of the, in terms of the, you know, in other animals, um, a benefit is increased pain tolerance. So oh. yeah, so interesting. I did not know this interestingly uh, when your, your body naturally De, uh, decreases sensations of pain during pregnancy and labor. Um, and studies have shown, oh, well, yeah. I've heard otherwise. Well, I guess like, <laughs> I know, right. Would it be really that much worse? I guess so. <laughs> I, I don't know how I, well, so, you know, op opioids, the, um, you know, the chemical on our brain mm -hmm. that develops for pain tolerance is what's produced. And they found that, um, Again, with the, the, the rat studies, <laughs> they showed an increase of placenta opioid enhancing factor, POEF, after eating the placenta. So this was the only one that showed to be possibly true. Um, and the CDC has actually issued a warning against humans eating your placenta um, due to potential bacteria and viruses in the placenta. Um, they, there was okay. like one case of an infant that developed 
what's called group B strep through the breast milk. Um, Interesting. I, yeah, I read more about that and it's, they said group B strep is like usually harmless in like, you know, grown adults. Um, but if a baby were to get it, it's, you know, their immune system isn't. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to be careful. Um, there is actually overwhelmingly no evidence to suggest that humans that eat their placenta um, have any health benefits. So I was actually really surprised to hear that. Um, it's, it's crazy how like, you know, I guess like, I guess what starts is kind of like a, a trend, like turns into like, yeah, this really works. And then in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Meanwhile, the CDC is like, no, no, not a good idea. <laughs> it makes you understand why like the, the CDC officially says, yeah, they're like, don't do it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it makes you kind of understand why, you know, how like, you know, anti-vaxxers and anti-masker yes. people kind of, you know, when, when they learn their information from Facebook or God only knows what else. Yeah. Know, without any facts, <laughs> how that can like easily turn into, you know, from totally fiction to like believed to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically the only, the only, I guess, study that showed that it might be effective is like a survey that was done of people that had, um, you know, that had eaten their placenta or ingested it somehow. And it said that, um, they, you know, self-reported that they, you know, um, that they produce better breast milk or more breast milk and that their mood was better, um, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But they were also like proponents of um, eating your placenta. So it was like, it could have been a um, placebo effect. Um, so they need to do, you know, it's still kind of new for, for humans to be eating it, eating their placenta. So is it really? But I mean, I feel like people around the world have been doing it for a while, right? Well, I'm Mind glad you asked. Oh. <laughs> um, so, okay, it has been used in some traditional Chinese medicines to treat certain diseases, infertility, impotence. Um, not a whole lot on on that, but I know it's. I kind of got the sense impotence. from what I read. Yeah. Well, it's got a, it's got um. Uh, like a lot of hormones in it, and yeah, um, like it's supposed to help with fertility too, like um reproduction hormones. So, um, you know, but again, <laughs> although in order to, in order to have a placenta, you have to have a baby. So it's like, yes, obviously it's, <laughs> well, you, it, you know, you're borrowing it from a yeah favorite cousin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How much do you want for my placenta? <laughs> Gross. I bet you that does happen. Oh yeah. Cause people sell breast milk. So I can totally see them selling this. Yeah. Like someone asked, like, you know, how it comes up with suggested questions. Someone asked like, what do hospitals do with placenta? And, and yeah, that's a goes, good question. They said it goes into like a, a, a waste, you know, biohazard waste, but they had sold it to like companies for like research and stuff. Okay. But if you wanted to keep yours, you just say, Hey, I got a Ziploc. <laughs> pop that in there yeah you i guess know, maybe like, they you know you get the little bag with your like clothing maybe they just slip yeah. it in there because <laughs> that's what i wonder 
because it just reminds me of like when I got my appendix taken out and then the guy later on when he was just taking out my stitches he was like yeah you know you should have seen it it was like look he was just like describing it was like oh I could have seen it like I really wanted to see it because like they're taking something out of your body yeah. you're like, like definitely that's mine like? that's my property <laughs> and he's like oh yeah if you had said something I would have saved it for you <laughs> I was like oh like, well you didn't offer I thought and you then, know then he, he offered for me to keep the staples that he was taking out of my Ew, and I was like that's, a, that? that's okay <laughs> I, I think I can live without that. <laughs> you I'm want good. the staples? I can't get you. I can't get you the appendix, but I'll get you the staples. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to keep it. I just wanted to like look at. Yeah, look like. like you know, next time, snap a photo <laughs> to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, there was nothing. None of that. Or you know, put it in a jar. <laughs> so I just imagine like if that's probably becoming more and more common. Like people are saying, like, "Hey, here's my tub." Let's, yeah. let's plop that sucker in there. <laughs> you, know? you know, I'd like to make a candle out of it or. Oh my gosh. Like I was necklace. just looking for pictures on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, for, I was gonna, I should have warned you that. And it's pretty there were some pretty weird, someone like made like a teddy bear out of it. Ew. 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 Gross. Yeah, <laughs> I, was gonna, I, I should have put a warning at the beginning, you know, if, if you're eating during this. Well, <laughs> Maybe it's too late now. Maybe pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like, <laughs> but like, it, it it was titled "15 Interesting Things to Do with Your Placenta." <laughs> Wait, they made a teddy bear out of it? Oh, you'll have to put that on the. That um, I chose not because I feel like. Oh, is it really gross? It, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Oh yes. Okay. I'll it's like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> teddy bear. <laughs> Nasty. Hmm anyway <laughs> yeah so um other cultures it's very um popular to bury the placenta um in like because in the uh the in judaism and islam oh, okay. um like it's in the quran it's said that you know it's kind of suggested that like to bury it or oh. that's kind of how they interpret it and in, uh in Ni certain tribes in nigeria and ghana um, they actually treat the placenta as a dead twin and give it full uh, oh, burial rites and they plant a tree over it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the Hindu Dharma of Bali, sorry, my husband's doing his <laughs> fantasy football draft. I heard a little something, but not. <laughs> I was like, it's really. Um, they believe that only the husband and the midwife doctor are allowed, or midwife or doctor are allowed to hold the placenta. Um, it's washed and buried on the right side of the northern pavilion if it's a boy, and on the left side if it's a girl. It's buried with a comb, a dance fan, a pen, a book, or anything else the child wishes, or they wish the child would, you know, have to grow up to enjoy. Um, and like I said, it's used in some traditional Chinese uh, medicine, um, but I couldn't get too much information on that. So I don't know how widespread that is. Um, and then one like mini like topic that I kind of interwove in here was, so when I was searching like eating your placenta, you know, how it comes up with like other weird questions. It was like, is it normal to want to eat my baby? <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Gross! So, okay, 
when I read more about it, apparently Wait, the, the answer- actual baby. So no, like, you know how, when some, like something is really cute and like, you like, oh, I could eat you up or like, yeah, some people like put their babies like foot in their mouth or their hands or something. Okay. Um, so that is actually like something that has been studied recently. Um, <laughs> There's a so lot of like, things on Instagram like that where you like pretend to, to bite off your like dog yeah. or cat's paw. Yeah. So it's like, so obviously you, the people don't actually want to bring harm to the baby or okay. the dog or whatever. Um, it's, it was coined coined the way I said that was really weird. <laughs> um, it's called uh, cute aggression by <laughs> a Dr. Oriana Aragon, who's a social psychologist at Yale. Um, okay. And she says it's feelings of when feelings of tenderness are so overwhelming, they spill over, um, you know, into like wanting to like squeeze something really hard or like burst something. Um, okay. Giving the example of like, you know, when you pinch a child's or, you know, when somebody pinches a child's cheeks or uh-huh. <laughs> I'm saying like, I, I just want to eat you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did an experiment where, where she gave volunteers bubble wrap and had them watch a series of images. And they found that like when they showed kittens or other, you know, um, typically seen as cute images, uh, they popped more of the bubbles in the bubble wrap yeah so it's like this like tense like I gotta let out this urge or or whatever and it comes out in like aggression yeah um and then another study found that um you know this cute aggression actually involves the reward center of the brain um so I thought that was very very interesting um and they're also talking about like why you like to smell your dog's pause okay I, and like I can't uh, relate oh I love doing that really <laughs> yes I do that to King all the time <laughs> really not, well not all the time but but yeah because and it's like it doesn't smell good or like people talk about smelling babies heads I've I don't know if I've ever done that but or I'm like wondering. um like what's her name on Whitney Way Thor like smells yeah her, she smells um, her cat's breath <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like weird things like that. And um they they really don't know why, like exactly like the pause or what. But yeah, I they kind of think that it might be related to like the cute aggression. And they think it might be evolutionary, like so that we'll actually like, you know, because having a baby, you have to spend hours and hours with them. Yeah. So it's like you have to be like very like attracted or you know, drawn to them. I've heard that that that's why like you know like teddy bears and puppies and it's why infants of different um mammals have large eyes and like because it makes them cuter and then like it makes the mother less likely or more likely to like them and not kill them (laughs) (laughs) i guess but they talk about like other animals as well Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. So, um, the moral of the story is don't eat your placenta and don't eat your babies, <laughs> but it's so okay to want to eat them. PSA. Yes. So that's, needed. that's my topic. That's, you know, short and sweet and hopefully didn't gross you out too much. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, it's interesting that the CDC is like, this is probably not a good idea. Yeah, and it was honestly based on just one instance. So, and I mean, I guess, you know, that was probably enough, but, you know, I mean, there are people that say that they, you know, did notice a, a difference. Yeah. Yeah. An improvement. So, you know, to each, to each their own, but <laughs> I don't want to, you know, knowing that there is like all this like bacteria and stuff and that they don't really test it at, you know, these facilities that make the, the pills for you that yes. that was enough. Cause I was, I was a total, I was totally open to it before I did any research. And, um, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, how people do it, like in a pill. Yeah. Like I could see that, you know, being like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, that came from you. You're going to put that back in you. Yeah. I'm like, you know? hey, <laughs> if it makes me like not have postpartum then sure. But Oh yeah. I know. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us. You're welcome. That very real um, current event uh, <laughs> story. Um, mine is, has nothing to do with placentas, um, surprisingly enough. And uh, I like looked at my list of things that I had written down and I was like, eh, all this requires real work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was not interested in that. So like, it just like randomly popped into my head, I think because of like something else on the list. I thought, I was like, how did the Guinness Book of World Records like happen? How did that start? <laughs> <laughs> and like, what are the weirdest ones that are out there? Like, cause yeah, that's a lot seen... of documentation and research. Exactly. And I was like, is this really like, are they getting this from the whole entire world? Like, what is this? Why is it there? Like, why do we need a book about who has the longest, you know, ponytail in the world? (laughs) (laughs) Or a museum. (laughs) Yeah. And the museums and stuff. So I answered my question by looking at uh, (laughs) scoopwoop.com. history.com and actually looked up like the Guinness they have a website which I know sounds like well of course but at the time I was like oh they have a website I was like surprised (laughs) the Guinness book of world records.com um and I would think that they might want to you know imagine that it creates a lot of paper you know to to do these because apparently they do them every year which I didn't know I didn't know it was like a yearly thing but they have a, a world record book for every year um so I would assume they would want to move that to online but I don't know yeah I guess so, if people are buying it and I also was curious like how long has this been going on because it's definitely been going on for my entire life that I can remember because I remember like seeing it as a child and I when I was researching this I found this article that said the world the Guinness world record book is the best book in the library like you imagine like being the kid in the library and be like oh yes like this is the one book that I can like be a Did part you, of because of all the pictures I feel like someone we knew had one I remember looking through it I remember looking through one too so it was just at the the bookstore or something yeah maybe but I I definitely remember looking through them so maybe it was at the library who knows but yeah so the idea of the book of records began in early 1950s which I was a little surprised by because I thought it was going to be a little older than that yeah 
when Sir Hugh Beaver, <laughs> actual name, uh, who was the managing director of the Guinness Brewery. So this is connected to the beer, which I also didn't know. Oh, um, I didn't know that either. So he was the managing director of the Guinness Brewery and he went to what was called a shooting party. Um, but in another article, it said hunting trip. And I was like, okay, all right. Cause shooting party sounds. Yeah. Cool. It's like, what do you just shoot guns? Like creepy. Um, <laughs> so they went on a hunting trip in Ireland. And uh, when he was there, he witnessed a heated debate about which was the fastest game bird in all of Europe. And uh, no one could prove what was the fastest game bird because there was no book to reference the answer. Mm. And doggone it, he thought that we needed to change that. Okay. <laughs> so he thought that people going to pubs in Britain would like to have a record book that could settle these types of arguments. That's fair. And um, I just can't imagine a time when people would have that many arguments about something like that, you know, like where they would need a compendium novel to like <laughs> look at. No, that bird's bigger. No, that bird's bigger, but whatever. I mean, his last name was Beaver. So he definitely had animals on the mind. <laughs> so Beaver decided to have a book of records made and he hired twin brothers, Norris and Ross McWhorter, the founders of a London-based agency that provided facts and statistics. So it kind of makes sense that he would hire these people. Yeah. And they provided to advertisers and newspapers. Uh, the OG, you know, big brother. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he hired them to like gather the information and the book was intended to be given away for free. And it was supposed to be given away for free, like in bars and pubs to promote the Guinness brand of beer. That was like the whole idea behind it. So I can only imagine it was probably a lot smaller <laughs> in the origin um, in 1950s. But it turned out to be so popular that the company started taking, they started selling um, it that fall and it became a huge bestseller. So who would have thunk it? On August 27th, 1955, the first edition of the Guinness Book of Records was published in Great Britain and it quickly proved to be very popular. An American edition debuted in 1956 and was soon followed by editions in a number of other countries. The McWhorters traveled the globe to research and verify the record. So they actually like physically went to the places to make sure oh, that them. records were correct. Uh, they don't always do that now. No. <laughs> so we don't even know what kind of information we're getting. <laughs> I know. So I was like, okay, well, like, what are some examples of like world records that are out there? So I found a list of 10 weird ones. Um, there is a world record for the longest tongue. Oh. A gentleman named Nick Stoberl, AKA, this is his nickname, The Lick, gross, from Monterey, California, holds the Guinness Book of World Records for having the longest ton tongue. It's, um, that was in 2012. And it measured 10.10 centimeters. And I saw a picture of this guy and it's a pretty big tongue. Uh, number two, 
Lee Redmond, also from the United States, took nearly 30 years to grow out her nails. And that oh, one was rather frightening. That one he started growing her nails back in 1979. Um, and her nails are 28 feet and four inches long in total. Oh my God. If you added up the length of all the fingernails together. So one, you immediately are like, how do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> like, that, like when you see that picture, I'm like, do you have an assistant? Are you like a king? And you have that that the the remember you have the royal groom that like wipes your bottom. Yeah. Like, how do you make that work? But that's another podcast episode. Or is it just one hand? No, it was both. Oh, okay. It was it was uh, it was something else. Like they were all curved. It was ugh. yeah. It's like they spiral. Ugh. Yeah, and I have to imagine that it's probably pretty heavy yeah and you know so painful. they probably have like high calcium deposits or something so they're nailed yeah like you can't have you drive or do anything yeah Ugh. not worth it i have to imagine the bacteria i just can't imagine. yeah Ugh. probably smell. like the cleaning like how do you clean that yeah they probably do smell oh i didn't think about that Ew. <laughs> <laughs> the longer i think about it the more parts <laughs> that i don't get arise <laughs> so Ram Singh holds the world record for the longest mustache. So that one was interesting. It's 14 feet. Holy crap. And he has not cut it for over 37 years. Gross. <laughs> um, Antonas Contramus of Lithuania set the record for the heaviest weight lifted by a human beard. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a picture of him with his beard and then there's like a human being being held up by Ugh. his beard <laughs> wow so uh he lifted 63.8 kilograms with his beard and then during that performance he then lifted the presenter of the show <laughs> um, which i imagine is was the woman that was being held up by the beard it was certainly something burn barker is the oldest male what do you think wait say it again burn barker is the oldest male stripper yes are you serious yes <laughs> i mean i kind of really you know preface the the end of that there for you so um, unfortunately, he, he did die in 2007, but in the year 2002, he was the oldest male stripper when um, he was 60. He was 60 years old. Hey, if you got it. And he was a former real estate agent. I guess he just, you know, really, you know, he got, and it says he got into it in, two, in 2000. So when he was 58, Jeez. he was like, you know what? I think I could really make this work. <laughs> <laughs> The day job is not doing it anymore. <laughs> Apparently, animals can also set world records, which I was unaware of. Uh, in 2012, Zach the macaw set the world record for opening the most uh, number of cans in one minute in San Jose. Oh. He opened 35 cans, I guess, with his beak. Just like so, boom, boom, wonder boom. about the training <laughs> process there. Sandeep Singh okay. Kayla set the world record for spinning a basketball 
on a toothbrush for the longest duration. <laughs> it's like, wait, are there other competitors? <laughs> when I read that, I was like, you've got way too much time. On wait, your spinning a basketball on a toothbrush? Yeah. So he has a toothbrush in his mouth. Oh my God. And then I have to use your finger. <laughs> it's like sticking out the end. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like he's just like bit the side of the toothbrush, and then the basketball is spinning on the end of said toothbrush. Super strange to me for that to like be a thing, but I guess it was. In 2019, he spun a basketball on a toothbrush for a total of one minute and 8.15 seconds. So if anyone out there thinks they can do better, <laughs> you know, one if minute and eight seconds about isn't that sport. long. <laughs> this would be perfect to practice during quarantine. I know, right? Seriously. Like and, and, but that was in 2019. So it was right before. So they didn't even have an excuse for, <laughs> for that amount of time. Do they, do they get money if they set a record? That is that it, I was going to say later, but no. Oh, sorry. Mm -mm. I think they originally did, but no. So Beth mm -hmm. John made the largest yo-yo in the world in 2012. She's from Ohio and she built an 11 foot yo-yo. It mm -hmm. weighs over 2000 kilograms and it took Beth over a year and a half to complete said project. And she was actually able to like use it. I don't think so. I, I mean, that's the thing about like, how could you use it? I mean, it's, huge. yeah, it's not functional 11 like, feet by 10 feet or no, I'm sorry. It's 11 feet. Yeah yeah yo-yo measuring 11 feet so i and i think in the picture she was like sitting on it so i don't think so uh dalibor no i guess no oh wait job oh god job jablank oh my god sorry it's okay jablanovic dalibor jablanovic from serbia balanced 79 spoons on his body in 2016 and the spoons did vary in size just in case you were wondering oh, that was my first question and again a lot <laughs> of brush spinning like why wait what were they standing they, up they like you know how you like can put like the spoon on the oh end on the tip it yeah. showed a picture of him having them like all over his chest and shoulders and like arms they just like stuck to him they like balanced on his body without falling Imagine, I guess he must stand really skin? still and <laughs> maybe a little dewy. Yeah. A little know. moisture. <laughs> I'm not very good at it on the end of the nose, so I can't imagine. I and then the last tried. one that I found um, was for a good cause. The Benetton group set the world record for inventing the largest condom. In 1993, <laughs> uh, they giant they fitted a giant 72 feet foot condom over an obelisk, which is basically kind of like the Washington Monument that was in Paris, France, and I think it was outside of their building. I'm not sure, so it was open to the public to see, and it was to mark World AIDS Day. Oh wow, yeah, that was interesting. So. Well, after I well, read that list, like I was going to end the topic, but I had so many more questions after hearing about spoon balancing and yo-yo building and basketball spinning. And I thought to myself, like, how do you get a world record? Like, how did these people go about getting these? Yeah. How do you think of like that idea? I, that is entirely up to the, that the or person. 
and you have to go on their website and you register and you make an account and then they just send you an email with an activation link and you essentially just have your account and you have to apply for your record uh, to okay. be like, I guess, taken into account on their website. Um, and it says, if you cannot find the record, you can apply for a new one by clicking apply for a new record title at the bottom <laughs> of the page. And you just have to complete the application form after you register for your account. Hmm. They said on their website, quote, please do not send us evidence before submitting an application and receiving your guidelines as we will not be able to process it, end quote. I can't imagine what their, what their email looks like. Like they probably have all kinds of crazy photos. After you, <laughs> <laughs> after you submit the request and application for the new record title, category specialists, so I guess there are categories, uh, then they, they carefully assess you're with that job. <laughs> I know to confirm whether or not your proposal can be accepted as a real record. And so it sounds like, you know, your evidence could be a video, it could be a photo. They don't actually physically have to come to you. But really? if you want to, you can set that up. I thought they had to come physically. Like, I know. Because when what I've if you photoshopped it, it, it as a joke, that's what I've seen. But yeah. I don't think so. Not every time. I think sometimes, but it kind of, I don't know if this is, I really don't know, but I think you have to pay for them to come out and watch. Oh, I'm sure. I'm surprised so, you don't have to pay just to apply for on the website. Because it was like, you know, contact us and we can find out like how we can help your business. <laughs> <laughs> so it was some sort of wording like that. So I think you have to, it didn't occur to me, but I'm like, I guess they have to make money somehow. They can't just, you know, get on a plane every other day for nothing you know yeah they could go all the way out there and the record not be real so or I, maybe if it's like a tie or really close yeah like between two people they have to go out to it makes sense that they would um need to be compensated in some way so once you uh the category specialist carefully assesses to confirm whether or not your proposal can be accepted um you um they do this because after you submit evidence uh, for a new or existing record, the record management team then runs comprehensive checks on the evidence. So this is a two-tier checking. Yeah, I figured. First the category specialist, then the record management team. And they check on the evidence, the actual evidence to confirm whether it is sufficient enough to demonstrate you have achieved the record title in question and there are actual rules which i found some of those some of them to be kind of interesting and i wouldn't have thought they would implement so they said that they don't accept applications based on subjective measures for example beauty kindness Pretty. or loyalty yeah. oh that's good that was interesting i yeah, agree you with can't that. measure any of that yeah it makes sense so subjective measures make sense so Good for you, Guinness. Other activities that are not records includes those include those which are not sufficiently challenging, those which are too <laughs> specific to a single person, or anything that is unbreakable. I want to know what that is. What is unbreakable, too specific, 
or not challenging. Like yeah, some some of those are very specific. I mean, the toothbrush with the. I mean, like I immediately thought of like, well, maybe like you brushed your teeth for the longest period of time, but like that's kind of simple. Yeah. So if it's too easy, it doesn't make it. Well, it makes me wonder how many people have beaten the people in the Guinness Book of World Records, but just haven't registered. I know. I know. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought of that too. Like they might be in another basketball country. spinners are out there. Yeah. Or like there could be a really long tongue person. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Apparently they also do not endorse unsuitable activities or those that could <laughs> cause potential harm or danger to spectators or animals, which I appreciate. Well, of course, yeah. I think that that definitely should be in the rule book. Yes. And then lastly, I was surprised by this, but I guess it makes sense, but they don't permit people under the age of 16 to attempt or hold records that are considered unsuitable for minors. In these instances, Guinness World Records works in association with the official regulatory body for the particular skill or sport. It's very family friendly. And I saw on one website that you could be paid like 300, 500 bucks or whatever for a world record. But then on their actual website, it said that, you know, like we are the leading authority on world records. So for this reason, we do not pay record breakers for their achievements or for carrying out a record title attempt. They quote, we are also unable to cover any expenses, offer sponsorship or provide equipment for anyone attempting a record. In addition, we are unable to make contributions to individuals, charities or businesses. This is to maintain our unbiased stance as the world's global record breaking authority and to ensure that we are truly inclusive of all applicants, end quote. So I guess they don't pay people. So whoever wrote that other article was mistaken. I guess it's like free (laughs) publicity. (laughs) I guess. So if anybody wants to go out there, if you have a particular skill that's not too specific to you or too simple or Or unbreakable unbreakable, and you're over 16 and it's not going to cause you or anybody else bodily harm, then uh, get on that, well, you know, Guinness World Record book uh, website there. What do you think your record would be if you were to try anything? What would it would have to be something ridiculous, like something really something like that, like brushing your teeth for like two hours? It would have to be something like that because I don't have a weird skill. Yeah, it's very, very specific. I feel like mine would be like sleeping, but that would be too easy, I guess. (laughs) I just remember, I think it was. I was really young and it was randomly on, I think it was Sanford and Sons. He was trying to break the world record for staying up the longest and not sleeping. And the person was there, the world record person was there and he kept trying to fall asleep like without the person noticing. So it was really (laughs) funny, but I think that's the only thing I've seen. Yeah, I don't think I could make that one work. I don't know. Didn't they have a show too? I feel like they- had a Guinness book probably I would not be surprised I would not be surprised what do you think your world record would be um do you have a skill that you've been hiding from us I'm sorry I don't (laughs) I I think I could sleep in the longest but yes yes you could especially (laughs) in a teenage you (laughs) (laughs) quarantine me has 
you know, yeah, given given teenage me a run for my money. Yeah, time. I don't know. It'd be really cool to have some sort of weird skill, but no, nope, I know it'd be a great or have like a body breaker. part that's abnormal. Yeah, there was <laughs> one record that this person had the stretchiest skin. Ooh, that one was really gross. That's got to be like a medical condition or something. It, it it's got to be yeah, but the picture was nasty. Oh, I'm sure. But that was it. That mm-hmm. was my topic. That was it. I hope uh, this sparks some ideas for other folks out there and what their yeah. record may Think be. about what record you'd like to see. <laughs> you can check us out on Instagram on This Is The Part I Don't Get and Facebook on This Is The Part I Don't Get. And feel free to email us at thepartidontget at gmail.com. <laughs> and that's that. And we will see you or here. You will hear us in a few weeks. have a good Labor Day weekend yes Mm -hmm. bye bye